Hello, and welcome back to the Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the Euro- all the European royal families. Today, we'll be talking about the events and updates from March thirtieth, two thousand and twenty, as well as the history of the Norwegian monarchy. Starting out with the British royal family, we have Prince Charles, who is out of self-isolation, according to Clarence House, and on the advice of his doctor. Um, He is doing well and is in good health, and will continue to follow all measures and restrictions that the government has put in place um, for the remainder of the time that these restrictions exist to protect himself and others from COVID. Um, And then there was nothing else from the British royal family. So now we are going to move on to Belgium. In Belgium, King Philippe held his weekly meeting with the Prime Minister uh, over phone. And then he also had a Skype meeting with doctors, nurses, and a pharmacist at a hospital in Belgium where they talked about, um, obviously, the situation, and he thanked them for their dedication and work. Um, And then there was nothing new in Denmark or the Netherlands, so we are going to go on to Norway. Norwegian Royal House's social media, Crown Prince Akun sent out a message um, where he shared what his family is up to right now, and the uh, majority of it is that they're doing school. Um, The kids are obviously doing teleschool, um, and they talked about what um, Prince Sphere Magnus had as an assignment, which was uh, making chili con carne. Um, as a task for food and health. Um, And so he shared some pictures of the family at the table, um, the food that Magnus made, and of course, their dog, um, who was just hanging out with them. Um, So that is what happened today with the Norwegian royal family. And now we're going to move on to Spain. King and Queen of Spain had another plethora day of meetings. Um, uh, King Felipe and Queen Letizia started out by meeting with the Spanish Red Co- with the Spanish Red Cross via teleconference, uh, where they talked about the work that is being done in order for the Red Cross to be able to help 1.3 million people throughout the country um, and some of the initiatives that the Red Cross has taken on. 
Um, and then they were able to speak by phone with directors of two more uh, hospitals throughout Spain to get an update on how the hospital in the region is doing. Um, and then they had another uh, Skype meeting with the leaders from the automobile manufacturing world. Um, and these are people who have transformed their uh, manufacturing facilities in order to produce um, medical equipment. Um, so that was really fantastic. Um, and then King Felipe in person met with one of the vice presidents of the government. Uh, Nadia Calvino is the vice president in charge of economic affairs and digital transformation. Um, and so this conversation was focused mainly on the potential economic impact of COVID-19. And then uh, Queen Letizia spoke with representatives of the Confederation for Autism in Spain, um, specifically about the um, putting people on the autism spectrum as part of the high-risk categor categorization um, for hospitalization. I'm presuming this is an assumption to make sure that they are able to follow all the rules and restrictions that hospitals and doctors and government have put in place um, if they do have coronavirus, uh, just to make sure that they are keeping everyone safe. Um, so that is what her conversation was, and that's what we had going on in Spain. Um, and then, um, so now we are gonna move on to Sweden. Sweden, uh, King Carl Gustav yesterday gave an interview to uh, Dagens Nyheter, which I think translates to daily news um, about the COVID-19 situation and spoke about the importance of uh, not infecting other people. However, this is making kind of the rounds. S Sweden is not actually practicing government mandated social distancing. Um, that is not what's happening in Sweden because they, I, I don't know why. Um, it's very surprising, but they are not practicing social distancing in the same way that uh, the United States is and everything like that. So, but he still encouraged people to stay home, um, make less trips out, stay in smaller groups, um, but not a government mandate to do so. Um, and then this morning, in a surprise visit and something that was not publicized or anything like that, uh, Crown Princess Victoria volunteered uh, with the Food for Heroes program at Stockholm City Mission. Um, and this program is something that provides free delivery of food boxes um, to healthcare professionals and nonprofits, um, which, what an amazing thing to be doing during this time. Um, I think that's just really, really important and really great to see her um, stepping out and helping her community um, in this way. Um, and so that is it for the daily rundown. Um, 
And now we are going to move on to today's special segment of the history of the Norwegian monarchy. Um, and this is only going to be one part uh, because their history is pretty short. Um, so they only have about like five, four monarchs, maybe only three. Um, so we're going to move on to that now. <laughs> Norway and Sweden were a united country. Um, they were separate, but they functioned together. Um, so Norway was considered an independent state with its own parliament, judicial, and legal system, um, but they did share things like common foreign policy and a monarch, um, and their monarch was the Swedish monarch. So overall, this union of the two countries was peaceful, um, but there were some apparent differences, um, specifically in policies such as trade, um, as well as just general politics. Norway was more liberal. Um, and so in 1895, so a little while later, the wheels started falling off of this union. And in early 1905, a coalition was formed whose sole objective was to establish separate Norwegian agencies for foreign policy. And so when the king, King Oscar, got word of this, um, he vetoed all the laws that the Norwegian government sent over, um, which led to a bit of a constitutional concern, uh, Norway stating that their king was not really looking out for their best interest, um, and so, in June of 1905, Norway's parliament voted to dissolve the Union. Um, and this happened pretty peacefully. Um, and then it was time to pick a king, because that's what we do. We just pick kings. Things I have learned in doing this history segment. Kings are just picked. They're plucked from other royal families. Um, so, what a thing. Um, so, they offered the job first to a son of Oscar II, who was the king of, of now just Sweden, but the king of Norway and Sweden, um, as an offer to keep the Bernadette family in charge in Norway. Um, but Oscar refused, so they went to their next closest neighbor, uh, Denmark, and Frederick VIII, who had a few sons. Um, and so they offered the job of king to his second son, um, who was married to a British princess, which would solidify a um, relationship between Norway and the UK. Um, and he also had a Swedish mother, um, so he was a they were able to keep the um, family connected. So the government chose the then Prince Karl of Denmark, who became Akun VII on November 27th, 1905. So, Akun VII, or at this time, Prince Karl of Denmark, was very flattered by the courting of the Norwegians for, the, for him to become their king. 
but he was democratically minded and wanted to make sure that Norway wanted a king um, and not a republic, as was becoming much more popular in 1905. So the country held a referendum, and that referendum um, confirmed that 79% of Norwegians wanted to have a constitutional monarchy. So he made his way to Christiana, Norway, which is now uh, known as Oslo, and was officially coronated on June 22nd, 1906. Um, he was very, very popular in Norway and traveled throughout the country. Um, he kept his politics to himself and held nonpartisan roles, uh, which made him very popular in the eyes of the people because that was not the case um, with the Swedish king. Um, and then he was king in 1940 when Norway was invaded by Nazi Germany. Um, so he was the brother of Christian X of Denmark, who had peacefully surrendered to the Nazis, and Germany was asking the same of Akun. Um, he, however, refused to do so um, and made a point of bringing this um, offer to the government of Norway, which um, rejected a peaceful surrender, and the next day the Germans uh, started attacking. Um, so on June 7th, the royal family, after trying to be in hiding, uh, did evacuate Norway, and the government in exile was set up in London. Um, so Hitler and his minions tried to get the king to leave his post, but he refused. Um, they tried several things by trying to force a abdication, resignation, lots of different things, and he refused them all. Um, but exactly five years after Akun VII left Oslo, he returned um, and became, you know, the country kind of went back to normal. Um, and so, let's see, 17 years later, no, and so 12 years later after the war and the liberation, uh, King Akun VII died after several years of ailing health, um, and he was succeeded by his son, uh, Olaf V. So King Olaf was born as Prince Alexander of Denmark. Um, so he was already born before his father became uh, King of Norway. And he became Crown Prince Olaf the day his father became King. Um, so he was two years old when that happened. So I doubt he remembers being uh, Prince of Denmark. Um, but during the war, he... Um, he stayed with his father in the UK, um, running the government in exile and being um, a symbol for the people, um, while his wife, Crown Princess Marta, and uh, who is somehow also his first cousin, because royals, um, and they had three children um, who all went to the US to stay as safe as possible. Um, so they were able to um, live in Bethesda, Maryland, as well as spent a lot of time at the White House um, after having struck up a friendship with um, President Franklin Roosevelt. So in 1957, upon his father's death, Olaf became king. Um, he was extremely popular. He was a man of the people. Um, he drove his own car, took public transportation, 
Um, he was an avid skier, as is the stereotype for all Norwegians. Um, and that is, you know, he didn't travel with a lot of bodyguards. He was pretty down to earth, which made him extremely popular. Um, and in 1990, he um, began, his health began to decline. And on January 17th, 1991, uh, King Olaf V died. Uh, the Norwegian people, this might have been the first time they publicly grieved, uh, placing letters and thousands upon thousands of candles outside the royal palace. Um, and so Olaf had two, or I'm sorry, had three children, two daughters and one son, and he was succeeded by his son, Harald. Um, and that brings us to King Harald V, um, who was born February of 1937, um, and when he was three years old, he had to flee Norway during the war, um, where he spent plenty of time uh, in Maryland and attended school there until the second grade. Um, and in 1945, he returned to Norway and began, and began his public school education. Um, in 1968, he married Sonia Haraldsson. Uh, a Norwegian commoner who he had been dating for nine years, um, and he issued an ultimatum to his uh, father about there is no one to succeed to the throne. You have to let me marry who I want. Otherwise, the um, Norwegian monarchy is just going to implode a little bit. So he was able to marry Sonia, um, and they had two children. Um... And then in 1991, Harald ascended to the throne after his father's death, um, and his reign has been marked by modernization. Uh, the royal household has become more accessible and relatable to the public, um, which they already were a good bit, but they have become even more so. Um, and he has shown extreme compassion and leadership during the crises that have arisen in Norway. Um, so in 2011, there were simultaneous attacks um, a bombing of bombings, uh, where 77 people were killed. Um, and he was calm under pressure and very supportive of his people. And of course, most recently, as all the monarchs are doing, um, he has handled the coronavirus crisis quickly and compassionately being the first monarch to give a television address, uh, where he spoke about the fears that everyone is feeling right now. Um, and so he is a very popular king. He's very modern. Um, and that brings us up to date on the Norwegian royal family. Um, I will be back tomorrow um, with all the d updates from the royal families, as well as the history of the Spanish monarchy, which is quite a doozy. So we'll talk to you then. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.